My name is Michael Murphy. I am a special ed earth science teacher. I teach 10th grade earth science students. I teach two co-taught classes and a self-contained earth science class. My name is Matthew O'Connell and I'm a currently a student teacher, soon to be teacher in uh, social studies and in an ENL three and psych classroom. And we're gonna be talking about multimedia, whether it be in the classroom or any aspects outside of life. Uh, to start, um, the way I see multimedia is that it's a way um, to spread and find information using a variety of uh, technology and resources. Um, Mike, what do you think the, what's your definition of multimedia? Yeah, I see it kind of just like whenever I hear the word multimedia, I just think of anything that you can gather information by using your senses. So if it's reading, um, viewing like a video or even listening or even like touching stuff, I think I, I, I think of your senses when I think of multimedia. So just like a variety of ways of gathering information rather than just one specific way. Mm -hmm. um, but I know there's a bunch of different uh, definitions of multimedia. The one that we have here that's kind of actual definition is the presentation of content using the combination of words and pictures. These can be these can include written words or spoken words and pictures can come in forms of illustrations, graphs, animations of and videos. So it's kind of it kind of gets in more detail of kind of our generic definitions that we came up with. Yeah. And I think um, with multimedia, uh, at least for us in education in the classroom, it can be really important because if you look at um, the ways that we can differentiate the instruction that we have for kids and the different resources we pull in, um, for social studies, at least we can use one day, we can look at a textbook. The next, we can watch uh, a video or we can look at different animated uh, reenactments of certain events. And we can make sure that we have this variety so that the kids can keep uh, stay engaged. And we also prevent them from getting too bored because if it's the same old song and dance, then they're eventually going to get burnt out as much as we might. And that's not good for anybody. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And especially keeping them engaged. And because um, if you do the same thing every day, like taking the same notes and looking at the same presentation every day, it get boring. So I definitely agree that uh, it's a better way to make the learning experience better for all students. Um, and some things that you can do is have like interactive presentations or simulations. You can do virtual reality now. Um, and just a bunch of di digital tools like for our labs, we do a lot of hands-on labs. And then there's um, digital labs called Gizmos that we use where it's an interactive computer experience where students can um, mess, manipulate different models online. Um, in special ed, I definitely um, am, am big on using multimedia because in special ed, every stu student learns a different way. Um, and the way I use multimedia in my classroom is uh, like by presenting new materials in different ways. So we do hands-on labs. My students do projects throughout the years doing different multi using different multimedia tools. 
Um, and like I said before, with uh, all students have different strengths, so it helps them learn in their whatever way suits them. So if one student's maybe a stronger reader, they can focus more on reading. Maybe one student listens uh, has a stronger listening. So maybe like a podcast might come in handy or an audio book. So that's the way I see it in the classroom. Yeah. And the same goes for ENL classrooms uh, with English uh, language learners, um, because just as you said, uh, each kid has different learning needs. So there might be one student who um, is in a class and has never been in school before, but now they're in school all day and they're learning all these things. They might not be able to read at all, whether it's in their home language or the, the language that they first learned and in English. So those kids could definitely use something that utilizes listening and speaking because it supports those skills they don't have. And the same thing goes for the the kids who can see the words written out and they know what they're talking about because they're learning a new language. If they see the words, it just makes it a lot easier for them to make that connection um, to what they're saying um, or to just what they're understanding. They might not be able to listen um, at a high enough level to where they can understand videos or conversations. So having different kinds of uh, resources that use um that make these students use their reading skills, uh, whether it's, you know, um, it could be a textbook, but it could also be um, interactive readings where students have to read and then answer questions um, as they go through the reading, whatever it is, uh, these different forms of multimedia allow us to address the students' specific learning needs without letting anybody fall behind. Yeah, one thing, with like you kind of said, interactive um, readings, we found over COVID with the, with a lot of students being at home um, that them just listening to us talking on the computer was miserable. So we kind of moved to using interactive notebooks where they were able to they would type take their notes, but on the side there'd be a video or there'd be like um, text boxes that they would move around and manipulate and put in the right places. So it was just kind of a way to make learning more engaging and fun, especially we found over COVID, we lean to that a lot. I found an article online by Debbie Bagley on Study Weekly called The Power of Interactive Notebooks. She talked about how interactive notebooks can be used in the class. In her article, she discusses how interactive notebooks can be extremely effective because they use multi-sensory methods to help students take ownership of their learning. She discusses how Students are reading and writing while they're also thinking critically and looking more deeply into their notes because there are those different multimedia aspects to their notebook, whether that be vocab words with pictures, drawings, definitions. Some may have videos. She also discusses in her article what goes into an interactive notebook and provides some tips in her article of how you can use it, uh, an interactive notebook successfully in your classroom. So she talks about really kind of guiding your kids through the process of making them kind of step-by-step step following along with what the teacher's doing. She talks about how you just switch it up uh, every once in a while. So it's not the same structure. So sometimes you can add different methods of multimedia into your interactive notebook. 
And then you could also use an interactive notebook as an assessment tool. So you can have students glue in a uh, written response or practice questions that they could do throughout their notebook. Debbie discusses how powerful interactive notebooks can be because of that hands-on aspect to it. And it really forces the student to engage with their notes in a deeper level rather than just taking notes by hand. So we found that the interactive notes were a great way to um, help students organize their notes and incorporate videos and images directly into their notes. So when they did go back, they could kind of see it all in the same spot. Um, and it definitely, it connects like, a, like I said, a whole bunch of different aspects of multimedia. Yeah. And I think um, just building on that, like that sounds like a, a, a great resource to have. And um, I think another example is like audiobooks, things like that. Students um, can listen to what they're learning. And if they're, um, if they can't sit and listen or read, I mean, for whatever reason, they could pop on an audio like it's a podcast and listen to that. Or they can have a lot of kids now have Chromebooks and tablets in their classrooms. So they can have different forms of uh, pretty much multimedia. They can have different resources in different forms right in front of them. So now if we're doing something on the Declaration of Independence, um, instead of the students needing to read a rewritten like transcript that their teacher wrote, they can actually look at a um, document or the actual document online and they can look at it how it is. They can have a transcript. They can, somebody can read it to them. They can watch a video on it. Like there's so many different resources that we have now that we could give to the kids that can really help just from an education standpoint because it's making sure that we have these different we're covering all the, the bases pretty much because everybody, everybody's almost accounted for with all these options and even things like games like Kahoot. That's a yeah, something that we use a lot in our classes. Kids love that just because now instead of getting a quiz, they can play a, a they can do a quiz just in a game where they get, you know, imaginary points, but it's just because it's in a different form that those kids are so engaged and they're so into it. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then with the multimedia in the classroom, uh, a lot of times we do teach them these skills with multimedia that they use in everyday life because multimedia is found everywhere, no matter where you go. Um, I find multimedia in different parts of our life. It's everywhere. Like you have it in your phones, turn on the TV, that's multimedia. You look on a board, there's text, sometimes there's video for advertisements. So it's a great way for people to get information um, no matter where they are in their life. And then it's an important tool uh, when it comes into communication. Like maybe it's, uh, you're at a bus stop and they have a video of like the times or the an animation of a graphic that you may need. So it really, like in the kind of all parts of life, it's a great way to communicate with anyone who sees it rather than just having text kind of makes a little more exciting. Yeah, definitely. And like things like, uh, you know, everybody has, not everyone, but a lot of people have Amazon Alexas. People have Siri. If you have an iPhone, you have these AI devices that you can speak to and they will come back to you with an answer as if you're on Google searching something up. Um, you can use, well, it's X now, but you can use Twitter and you can get 
immediate up-to-date alerts on anything. It could be the news. It could be uh, reality TV, sports, whatever it is. You can get these alerts instead of having to wait for the next day for the newspaper or watch the news and wait for them to get it. You can just get it immediately from anybody. And you're getting this new intake of information in ways that, I mean, are pretty much unprecedented because just the variety and the the amount that you can get this at like it's it's kind of incredible how much change has happened in technology yeah, so recently that kind of ties back into like how there's so much that we kind of teach them in the classroom that just helps them throughout their life in multimedia um so what do you think the future of multimedia holds so i think it's kind of a tricky not tricky but I think just the way that everything has changed um, with what we've been talking about with the multimedia that we have access to now, um, I feel like it's kind of like the world is your oyster, like especially yeah. with AI, things like chat GPT that you can just type something up and it's going to give you a full thought out answer. Um, that stuff's pretty crazy. Like I think what happens if, um, you know, you can be somewhere and not be somewhere like people can, it might get so in depth with ways that you can use technology Yeah, where you could experience something like you could travel and you act like you're going through this whole historical tour or you're checking out a, a, a major landmark and then it's really, you didn't really do anything, but yeah, you're just hanging out. You're just there virtually. And it, everything happens so quickly now. Like mm-hmm. if you went back, Definitely. 30, 40 years ago, their multimedia may have been just like having a book, maybe some TV, a radio. Whereas now mm-hmm. you fast forward, you have virtual reality, you have all these different other methods like the AI that you talked about. All of it, even like in the past like two or three years, like um, everything just keeps coming out more advanced. Uh, one yes. thing that you said was kind of experiencing um things without actually being there another thing that kind of reminded me of that that kind of ties into this is like art installations where you kind of immerse yourself in the art i think a lot more of that will come into play especially with the vr like when you can step into that world and have the artist kind of immerse you in that world mm-hmm. um but then even the new apple vision like the um vr headsets I'd say like three or four years ago, they were cool. But now this Apple Vision's like completely took it to the next level. So it's like, you don't even know what's going to happen five years from now or even a, a year. So it's pretty wild. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the scariest things, I think, when I think about like technology and multimedia is the fact that they have, like what you're saying, this Apple Vision thing where I couldn't even imagine. Like, I just think, what if I told... If I can go back in time and tell like my dad and yeah. my grandparents or something when they are kids, hey, just so you know, there's going to be this thing. You can literally do pretty much anything while you're also doing nothing. Like you can live your life, move around, everything's normal. But at the same time you turn, you got your movie that you paused or your, you know, Twitter feed, your shopping list, whatever it is. I just think it's kind of crazy. And that's kind of what makes me worried about it. Because I feel like, I mean, for anybody who's seen the movie Wall-E, I feel like those people, they live like 
all the technology gets so good that everybody gets fat and then everyone's living on that big ship in space. Yeah. Nobody could do anything anymore. Yeah, so, I think it's like, it's all around you. So you kind of got to know when to take it and leave it. You kind of like, mm-hmm. this was like, like, you, like how you said with Wally, it's like at this point, you still are able to put everything down and go outside. Yeah. But it is like tough. Like multimedia is a part of your life. It's everywhere around you. So there's not really anything you can do to escape it unless you want to go in the woods. But <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much your only chance. Um, yeah. So I think, I think we did a good job covering multimedia with starting with uh, the definition by talking about um, how it just kind of covers a variety of ways of gathering information. Um, I think we got a good definition yeah. of how it was used in the classroom. You gave good examples of your social studies in the UNL class and then how I use it in special ed. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of covering throughout uh, how, how it's used in everyday life and then kind of the future. Is there anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I, I mean, I feel like we covered all the bases, especially when we, you know, look at the certain forms of media and technology that we can use. Now with like through multimedia, like the Apple Vision or um, like you were talking about your interactive notebooks, things like that. I think those are just great examples of how we can utilize multimedia. And um, I think that really, you know, it has me looking into like the rest of my life now and thinking of examples of what multimedia are, because after doing this, I feel like I've learned a lot. Like I never really knew what the exact definition was. I agree. So definitely getting into it now. It's it's going to be a different outlook, I think, for me. All right. Well, I think I think we're good to wrap it up now. So yeah. thank you to everyone who uh, listens to this. Yep. Thank you. All of our, all of our you know, subscribers, followers, listeners, viewers, whatever. Yes. <laughs> all right. So thank you and goodbye. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.